story two of christmas stories from french and spanish writers by antoinette ogden this librivox recording is in the public domain story two a christmas in the forest from the french of andre thirier christmas eve that year was bleak and cold and the village seemed benumbed the houses were closed hermetically and so were the stables from which came the muffled sound of animals chewing their cud from time to time the clacking of wooden shoes on the hardened ground resounded through the deserted streets then a door was hastily opened and closed and all relapsed into silence it was evident from the thick smoke rising through the chimneys into the grey air that every family was huddled around its hearth while the housewife prepared the christmas supper stooping forward with their legs stretched out on the fire their countenances beaming with pleasure at the prospect of the morrow's festival and the foretaste of the fat and juicy blood sausages the peasants laughed at the north wind that swept the roads at the frost that powdered the trees of the forest and the ice that seemed to vitrify the streams and the river following their example my friend tristan and i spent the livelong day in the old house of the abbatial in the corner of the hearth smoking our pipes and reading poetry at sundown we had grown tired of seclusion and determined to venture out the forest must be a strange sight with this heavy frost said i to tristan suppose we take a turn through the wood after supper besides i must see the sabatiers from courier about a little matter so we pulled on our gaiters stuffed our pipes wrapped ourselves in our cloaks and mufflers and penetrated into the wood we walked along cheerfully over the rugged hardened soil of the trenches furrowed with deep frozen ruts through the copse on either side we saw mysterious white depths after a damp night the north wind had transformed the mists and vapours that overhung the branches into a tangle of snowy lace in the half-light of the gloaming we could still distinguish the sparkling needles of the junipers the frosted puffs of the clematis the bluish crystallizations of the beech and the silver filigree of the nut-trees the silence was broken by the occasional creaking of the frozen limbs and every now and then a breath of impalpable white dust dampened our cheeks as it melted there we walked along at a steady pace and in less than an hour caught sight of the red and flickering glow of the sabatier's camp pitched on the edge of the forest above a stream that flowed down toward the valley of Santong. the settlement consisted of a spacious cone-shaped dirt-coated hut and a cabin with board walls carefully sealed with moss the hut answered the combined purposes of dormitory and kitchen the cabin was used for the stowing away of tools and wooden shoes and also for the two donkeys employed in the transportation of goods the sabatiers masters apprentices friends and children were seated on beech logs around the fire in front of the hut and their mobile silhouettes formed intensely black profiles against the red of the fire three short posts driven into the ground and drawn together at the top formed the crane from which hung an iron pot that simmered over the coals an appetizing odour of stewed hair escaped from the tin lid as it rose and fell under the puffs of vapour the master a lively nervous hairy little man welcomed us with his usual cordiality sit down and warm yourselves said he you find us preparing the christmas supper 
i'm afraid we'll not sleep over soundly to-night my old woman is ill i fixed her a bed in the cabin where she'll be more comfortable and warmer on account of the animals my boy has gone to santong to get the doctor there's no time to be lost my little girl is kept busy running from the cabin to the hut we had no longer taken our seats around the fire than the snowflakes began to whirl about in the stillness above us they fell so thick and fast that in less than a quarter of an hour we were compelled to protect the fire with a hurdle covered with a sackcloth by my faith gentlemen said the sabatier you'll not be able to start out again in this storm you'll have to stay and have your christmas supper with us and taste of our stew the weather was certainly not tempting and we accepted the invitation besides the adventure amused us and we were delighted at the prospect of a christmas supper in the heart of the forest an hour later we were in the hut and by the light of a miserable little candle-end we had our christmas supper devouring our hare stew with a sharp appetite and washing it down with a draught of unfermented wine that scraped our throats the snow fell thicker and thicker wrapping the forest in a soft white wadding that deadened every sound now and then the sabatier rose and went into the cabin then came back looking worried listening anxiously for the good woman from santon suddenly a few metallic notes muffled by the snow rose softly from the depth of the valley a similar sound from an opposite direction rang out in answer then followed a third and a fourth and soon a vague confusion of christmas chimes floated over the forest our hosts without interrupting the process of mastication and while they passed around the wine-jug tried to recognize the various chimes by the fullness of the sounds those now those are the bells from vivet they are hardly any louder than the sound of the donkey's hoofs on the stones that is the bell of auberive yes and that peal sounds like the droning of a swarm of beetles that's the grancy's chimes during this discussion tristan and i began to succumb to the combined action of warmth and fully satisfied appetite our eyes blinked and before we knew it we fell asleep on the moss of the hut lulled by the music of the christmas chimes a piercing shriek followed by a sound of joyful voices woke us with a start it had ceased snowing the night was growing pale and through the little skylight we could see above the fleecy trees a faint light in the sky where a belated star hung quivering it is a boy shouted the master bursting in upon us gentlemen if you think you would like to see him why i should be very glad and it might bring him luck we went crunching over the snow after him to the cabin lighted by a smoky lamp on her bed of laths and moss lay the young mother weak and exhausted her head thrown back her pale face framed in by a mass of frowsy auburn hair the good woman assisted by the little girl was bundling up the newcomer who wailed feebly the two donkeys amazed at so much stir and confusion turned their kindly gray faces toward the bed and shook their long ears and gazed around them with wide intelligent eyes blowing through their nostrils puffs of warm vapor that hung like a thin mist on the air at the foot of the bed stood a young shepherd with a black and white she-goat and a new-born kid i have brought you the she-goat mam fleuriot said he in his langrof drawl you can have her for the boy as long as you wish 
the goat was baaing the newborn child wailed and the donkeys breathed loudly there was something primitive and biblical about the whole scene without in the violet of the dawn while a distant church bell scattered its early notes through the air one of the young apprentices dancing in the snow to keep warm sang out at the top of his lungs that old christmas carol which seemed then full of new meaning in poetry he is born the little child ring out ho boy ring out bagpipes he is born the little child let us sing the happy news End of story two.